Welcome to my podcast, She Builds Me Up. I'm your host, Grace Fisher. She builds me up. She's my neighbor, my friend, my sister, my mentor, and my inspiration. She's the everyday woman that surrounds me all of the time. We laugh together, we cry together, and we love together. I value her because of the amazing gifts she shares with me. Come and join my tribe and let's build something amazing together. Okay, so I'm back on, I don't even know what episode I'm on anymore. I need to, I should probably should have checked that before I started, but I have my good friend Miranda on the phone. Miranda, if you want to say hi. Hi, Grace. Thanks for having me. Um, Miranda is a children's book reviewer. Is that what your job title would, would you say that's what your title is? Yes. Um, and she has a really great Instagram. It's at book bloom, B O O K B L O O M. Um, and so I, I guess we, I'm having her on the podcast to kind of talk about books and reading and children's literature. And I'm really excited to get into this because I feel like I need a lot of tips in this because um, I have kids that love to read and so I'm really excited to hear what Miranda has to say today. Um, but before we get into all that, Miranda, if you want to just do a quick introduction of like who you are, what your background is, your family, or whatever you feel like you'd like to tell us about yourself. Sure, happy to. So, um, well, I feel like just a little background of how we met was uh, through church and through um food group right yes, cooking yes. Club, you were in my original sure. cooking club yes <laughs> we have a shared passion for um different cuisines which is great one of the reasons i really appreciate you grace yes. and then um i can't remember if you were in any of the book clubs that were kind of yeah yeah i was yeah i was around that time yeah so i mean two shared interests there are, yes. are awesome and um, I think it was you who were kind of like helped me see that St. Louis really had some awesome things to offer, which I was pretty reluctant. But now we've been here <laughs> almost nine years, which is wild. And um, so, well, that makes you. me happy because that. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me happy. And real quick side note, my very like second cooking club ever. You're reminding me of the story. We had it on, I was, the the theme was like, make something that you've been dying to make for like ever. And you've just, it's been on your fridge or in your Pinterest board forever. And like, okay. for some reason, no one showed up that night except for me, you, and like one other person. And you had yeah. made Quinn Amon, which is like oh, yes. an all day process. And I just was I like, know. oh my gosh. If people don't know what Quinamon is, like seriously, it was the most delicious thing I've ever eaten. But I was so sad that no one else got to eat it because it was so good. But anyway. Yeah, this caramelized croissant, um, which you can get in St. Louis. There's can you? Uh, okay. Yes, there's a wonderful bakery out in Kirkwood called um, Nathaniel Reed that oh. sells Queen Amon. And it is. It's an all-day process. And it's fun to make. But it takes forever so it's just probably better to buy it yeah <laughs> to be yeah, honest well. hey you made but, it though um, that one time but sorry yeah, go so on when, go on when you're back you have to go to uh nathaniel reed <laughs> okay i will de- i'm writing that down right now i will definitely go so um i come to book reviewing from a background of librarianship i studied that and then i worked in academic libraries for a while uh, back in the dc area then I moved here to St. Louis and I worked in a public library for about a year and then, you know, stopped to have kids. And uh-huh. it, it was really great. My, my home library at the time of children's books, I had been collecting Christmas children's books since college. So I had this, oh, really? you know, growing collection of, yeah, children's Christmas books and, it was really wonderful because I had this shower, baby shower, when I was about to have my first. And we didn't find out the gender, which was, let me tell you, if you want to start your kid's home library, <laughs> do that. Because almost all of my gifts at the baby shower were books, Okay, um, which was great. I came away with like 20 board books, which are those really sturdy mm-hmm. beginning, you know, readers that... Um, you have and you read a thousand times and then your kid starts to chew on it and so it was was just fun to get 
that started and going. Um, and you can hear our neighbors, the, uh, the fire station. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, sorry. Um, but, and then after that, I thought, well, we're going to the library every day. We live across the street from the library. We're checking out all of these books. I know that there are other families who want to know what we're reading. And it just, I feel like it started kind of organically that I was sharing the posts that I was reading with my daughter. Mm-hmm. And she was just the type of child that was pretty content to read a bulk of the day. So, you know, mm-hmm. we started picture books really young and moving from board books into picture books is, is a lot more satisfying, at least for me as a reader. Mm-hmm. And um, then I, st- you know, I just started to share more and reached out to publishers to ask them for their catalogs and to get their forthcoming titles. So it just kind of snowballed. I don't know. I probably work with, um, 15 to 20 different publishers now they send me books with with no expectation of review which is great because oh, that's great. i really only want to feature the best you know yeah so how many so, books a month do you say would you say you get oh that it really ebbs and flows i have to Does say it? okay so in the spring when things are coming out like just yesterday we got 30 books oh wow <laughs> Wow. So, yeah, and obviously I haven't read them all in in a day, but um, I want to say basically between March and June, you've got all the spring mm-hmm. summer titles, and then there's a bit of a lull mm-hmm. um, with with summer, and then it hits again hard in September, and you kind of have September through December. Okay. Um, maybe even actually late November because you're trying to get. Uh, the back to school titles and then the holiday titles Mm -hmm. and then basically you get nothing all of January and a lot of February. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, it really, um, it depends. And we have, you know, probably 500 or more in our house and we're constantly purging. Oh my gosh. Wow. (laughs) We have a bit of a a storage problem. (laughs) Well, that, that leads well into our first, kind of thing we're going to talk about is book storage and I this is the one that I feel like I'm the most anxious to hear about because I feel like we have a lot of books just because like our library does a biannual like they kind of purge their books and you can go and get them for pretty cheap and so my husband mm-hmm. likes to find deals so he like we got all the Berenstein Bear books like for example which my kids love and like all these different books and and then you know just people give you books you get books for christmas and all this stuff and so Mm -hmm. now it's just like my house is exploding with books because my (laughs) my kids love to read which is great and so i'm i'm very anxious to hear what your tips for book storage are sure and i think it you know no one solution will fit every family Mm -hmm. Uh, that's just for anything but something that i found that works really well for our family, we have an unfinished basement. And um, a few years ago, I, I had already had the Christmas and holiday books and two giant Rubbermaid totes. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, you know, why, why don't I do this for all the holidays? And it was very startling how quickly a, a bin got full or mm-hmm. almost all the way full. So um, let's see, we've got Valentine's, we've got Easter, and then Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. So if, and you know, maybe you don't have that many, that's fine. Maybe you just have one holiday tote and you can cycle through it. Similarly, I really recommend pulling out seasonal titles. So you're not reading about rain and worms in, you know, November, Mm, because that's something you want to bring out in March and April. So you know, if you could have a tote for all the different seasons, if you have that many books, okay. or you just have one that you're, you know, going to go to for spring, summer, autumn, fall, winter, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that's one way to start. Also, I know this seems kind of counterintuitive because outward facing bookshelves, you cannot store as many as you yes. can on a bookshelf, you know, where mm-hmm. they're um, not front facing. But I guarantee you, if you have some outward facing bookshelves and you put those them somewhere in your home, your kids are going to rotate through those more and you can, um, 
you know, you can put 15 to 20 up and you have them up for a month. You know, you have Women's History or you have um, National Poetry Month or Black History Month. And then those are, again, another way to separate out. This is what I'm going to cycle through. This is what I'm going to rotate through. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. If okay. that makes sense. No, that does make sense. And so would so you would say only having out like twenty books is ideal? Oh no. <laughs> I okay. would not say that. <laughs> okay. How many okay. What would you say then? So I think it's really important to have books in every room in your house. Okay. I I really do. If you can have a basket in your living room, maybe that's where your library books go. So they're not going to get mm, mixed into idea. the rest of your collection. Even I know some people have um, potty books in their bathroom, um, mm, potty okay. training books, and, and maybe you're past that stage. But um, it, having books in every room and even in the car makes them accessible to your kids and they don't become so precious that they're off hands right gotcha gotcha yeah and what i'm what i mean about the outward facing shelves is it's a way to kind of manage your storage and ensure that um you're rotating based on a theme so you know at the beginning of every month hey we're gonna and the kids are so excited to help with that like okay we're gonna scrap all of these Mm -hmm. and we're gonna No, not that you're going to get rid of them, but we're going to refresh these. Mm -hmm. So when you say Um, outward facing, you mean like where they can see the front of the book, like those kind of shelves? Correct. Okay. Okay. Yeah. A a lot of people use the $10 Ikea ledges. Okay. Um, You can use spice racks. You can even use um, gutters from the hardware store. There's a lot of different creative ways to have outward facing shelves. And we have a really small home, but we've still managed to have a little corner mm-hmm. that um, has these shelves. Now, we still have a bookshelf. And I talked a little bit about purging earlier and uh-huh. how important that is to um, go through the books. I find it is easier for me to do on my own when um, maybe the kids are out of the house to just take an hour and go through and really see um, what are we not reading? What have we outgrown? What is maybe damaged? What is um, not culturally appropriate anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, and donate them to ready readers if you have one of those in your area or to the library or even there's those boxes all around town. I think it's called World Books that you can drop them in like clothing oh, donation okay. boxes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... I think any reader will tell you that book storage is always a problem. Like that's yes, just going to be, it is. you know, and it is, and you have to stay on top of it. And I give books all the time. You know, I, um, if we've finished some books and we've enjoyed them, we pass them on to cousins or neighbors or things like that. And we also, every Halloween, we put a big, huge box of, maybe 50 to 75 picture books out on our front step in addition to the candy. So, oh, that's smart. Okay. Yeah, there's um, there's ways to make sure uh, books that still have life in them are continuing on. So would you say with the front-facing shelves, and then I've seen on your Instagram, you have the, that awesome shelf that your husband made that you can like, how, what would you describe that as? It's like a... Oh, yes. We call it a book bin. Book so, bin. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a book bin. It, um, I think it costs about uh, around 200 to make. Okay. Um, but okay. it stores about 80, 80 to 100 books, which is awesome. Um, it's right at uh, about a three-year-old height level, mm-hmm. and it's wonderful. You could probably make it for less, um, you know, just depending on the legs you get and the wallpaper you put Mm -hmm. inside or if you use paint or whatnot but oh i love that that's from a tutorial from um this little street okay she's she's a great um creator and designer she's actually written three books lily huckleberry series which um, okay is is fun it's good for readers like between ages four to seven ish but yes, that was from her website, her tutorial. I had my husband make it for me one Mother's Day, and I've you know we've lived it for four years or so. Well, and I keep thinking I need to switch up my because we just have regular bookshelves, and my kids 
they just and I know I should probably just sit down and like really nail it into their heads how to put the books back, but they just struggle to be able mm-hmm. to hold the books upright. Where I think your solution of having a bin slash the front facing shelves would be a lot easier for my kids to put the books away themselves. I mean, with supervision, of course, but that's something well, I need to think about. We have nightly cleanup, and you know the kids know where the books go, and okay, about a hundred percent of the time excess books go straight into the book bin because it is it's at their height level they can put them in um holding i mean if you think of that kind of gross motor skills that it takes to mm-hmm. hold a book mm-hmm. and put it in the shelf like that i mean that's that is tricky for a three-year-old for a toddler even for a six-year-old that's so, true yeah that's yeah true. um i mean <laughs> just just if you're handy with tools you can certainly make it yourself or uh get get Ben going on that oh yeah he would love to do that so (laughs) (laughs) it's storage and so many people um, arrange their books in rainbow order or they keep all the nonfiction separated out from the fiction as far as actual organization in our bookshelves there's not a lot of it I know um, that as long as they're picked up off the floor and put away Mm -hmm. and other than our outward facing bookshelves there's not um, a ton of so I don't really have a lot of organizational tips for well that's good because mine aren't organized either and I'm always like well and the few times I do organize it it just gets destroyed in seconds flat so I'm like why do people do this like yeah (laughs) and I know like the rainbow I might move into that as my kids get a little bit older and Mm -hmm. they can say oh yeah I can put the green back at the green and and whatever but right now it isn't sustainable like you say I would rather have them out and accessible than worrying about the organizational so true um, structure Yeah. yeah definitely so when we're talking about book rotation I'm just, how often do you rotate your books? Because it sounds like you have a lot of categories. If you have like women's history and, or maybe you have women's history and spring books out at the same time, probably. But like, wh- how do you decide how often to rotate, I guess, is the question. Oh, I think it's a great question. We we generally do it at the beginning of the month. So okay. after we take down all the Christmas and holiday in our Um, book bin and then the corner shelf will bring out winter books so winter will be like january then february we split between valentine's and um, black history month okay and you know march women's history month april we've got spring and poetry and then um you know may we get into summer and and so it really depends on how much you want to say hey this is just going to be part of my beginning of the month rotation or if you want to say that's great i'm gonna do this only once every season mm-hmm. so it's entirely up to you we de- we tend to take more of a break during the summer just because you know we're doing other things mm-hmm. and then we kick it back up in fall with back to school books and um autumn books and and you know then you get into the halloween thanksgiving and so so when you say you rotate your books and you also said that you have books in every single room, do you rotate all of the books in your whole house or just the like bin and the shelf or like, how does that play in? So, yeah, that's a good question. Um, typically the bin, the book bin that's on legs and our outward facing shelves get the most rotation. Okay. Now often we'll, because we do have an overstock downstairs as mm-hmm. well. So often we'll take what's there and bring it downstairs and bring the downstairs books up. It really depends on um, how much energy I have <laughs> and how <laughs> yes. much you know buy-in I can get from the kids. Like this, yes. is, this is part of our Saturday morning chores. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so, and then books I have coming in from publishers often go out into our sunroom so they can be reviewed or um if i know just um from the get-go that it's not going to be a good fit then it just goes straight into the donation pile okay interesting so how do you i guess we can talk about this later if you want but i'm just wondering like how do you decide what books make the cut and what books don't (laughs) that's a great question um so like i said we got 30 books yesterday Uh um and 
some right away character books for me are not something we really do in our family mm-hmm. um like and that's okay if you do but i would say maybe we have some pete the cat but yeah. we don't do other character books however if i have a mom friend whose kids do i would say hey i'm donating this to you your gotcha. kids will love this peppa pig book um and also i can often tell and i know this is really terrible because they say never judge a book by its cover but um <laughs> covers tell you a lot i'm sure they do you've got yeah you've got the dust jacket and if the dust jacket isn't engaging um enough to pique my interest to open the book that's that's almost always going to go in the donation pile interesting so, and then um personally i would rather have fewer anthropomorphized animals um represented in our home than people books so i will tend to donate more of those than okay. ones that are featuring actual humans and why is that i just feel like there is there is value to those books don't mm-hmm. get me wrong and we have plenty of them in our mm-hmm. house but um for me, where I want to teach my daughters to be um, inclusive and understanding of all cultures and all people mm-hmm. and all situations, the more books that I can have reflects that, that um, are human characters as opposed to animals that have human traits. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that is the reason I curate our collection like that. I think that's a really great point. I, I That's something that I need to think about as well because I know that's something I have thought about a lot as well. So thanks for saying that because that's a really good reason. Sure. And, you know, recently, um, within the past couple of years or so, a good friend of mine, um, Sharnay, over at Here We Read, she has kind of opened my mind to the idea that um, really any book that features um, – monkeys as primary characters and Mm -hmm. anthropomorphized monkeys is problematic to the black community so for me that's an easy oh you know what we're not going to bring this into our home okay so if i just have a um line then i know and it's an easy easy decision for me to make for purging gotcha gotcha that's good to know um I, i follow her as well so that's i didn't know you guys were friends so that's cool yeah, she's she's amazing. She's a powerhouse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so moving on into building a home library, because like for it seems from the outsider's perspective that for you it would be really easy to build a library because you have publishers sending you books all the time, and like you know, mm-hmm. so for the average person like myself, how how do I go about like building a library? Like, and what were your I guess what are your tips for that? I think that's really great. And I've thought about this a lot, um, both in the sphere of what I do on Instagram and just in day-to-day life. Most people who aren't getting books from publishers don't have, you know, 500 to 1,000 picture books in their home. Right. This is kind of strange and an anomaly. So here's the thing, and it's so great, and we um, live in this country that has access to libraries. And... Obviously, you can't always buy the books, but like you said, your library has annual book sales, Mm -hmm. and they purge their collection just like we purge our home libraries. True. Um, So one of the great things about libraries is you can check out anything and everything, and hopefully your library doesn't have crazy caps on how many books you can have at a time. I know that depends on the library, but... yeah. um, so if you're wanting to build your collection and my first tip is always go to the new release shelf, always mm, go okay. there and, and, you know, take out 10 or 20 a week, however often you go and find the best of the best and start curating your own list. That way, you know, Hey, I want to add these titles and then you have a list at the ready or, um, a wish list going on, um, you know, book depository or, mm. Um, Amazon or wherever you buy your books. And then when the opportunity comes for holidays, birthdays, any excuse to give a book, 
Like, that's kind of my motto. Yeah, like, yeah. Any excuse that I can give my nieces or nephews or kids, it's a holiday, it's their birthday, it's uh, a baby shower, um, the start of summer, back to school. Like, there's always an opportunity. So if you think of that within the course of the year and you say, "Hi, hey, I'm going to budget into our family budget that we are going to buy one book a month per child. So, you know, that's two books per child for 12 months. Hey, that's 24 books. So that's going to equate to what, how much, maybe three to $400, depending on where you get your books. Yeah. And you can get them from half price books. You can get them. I found amazing books that have been weeded from our library. And it's so simple to just cut off those plastic wraps that they wrap them in. And you basically have a brand new book has barcode in it. So, Oh, that's true. Yeah, we. Yeah. I've had success with getting books on thrift books as well. I'm sure you're familiar with them, but um, yes. And just even yard sales, my husband will sometimes get books from there too. So, but I, I love that you said that. Um, put it just adding it into your budget like that literally has never occurred to me. But like, if reading is an important thing for you and your children, like I, that's such a smart idea to just add that into your budget. Like I, I love that you said that. Um, and well, it's fun for the kids too, right? If it's, you know, their birthday and they get to go to a bookstore yeah. the week of their birthday and get a new book, like how great. Yes. And you're fostering that love of literacy. And then if you're saying to your um, in-laws or your grandparents, hey, we have this list of titles we really want in our home library. Yeah. Um, holidays are coming up. That, yeah. That's a great... And it's always growing, right? Because yeah. new books are being published every year. and um, so. It's true. It's yeah. true. Um, so I'm assuming you do. Do you have books that like are from your girls that they've outgrown them, but you just love them so much that you still have them? Or are you just so like purge? No, that's such a great question. Um, so my oldest is six at uh, six and a half and she is very much into chapter books now she has wow. pretty much outgrown picture books mm-hmm. which you know it's a little heartbreaking yeah. but <laughs> she's got all of these chapter books but no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give away the um sleep like a tiger book we read a hundred times when she was two mm-hmm. like that's gonna stay in our permanent collection mm-hmm. but um maybe some other things that have less sentimental value we will purge gotcha. and then it's tricky too because i have a three-year-old so she's coming into her own and what she likes and figuring out her own books mm-hmm. and so it would it would be a disservice i think to the younger kids to purge everything it's like similarly when your baby is growing out of board books you don't purge them all at once because they need to be able to go back to those yeah when they're having quiet time or whatnot mm-hmm. and so i feel like it's a process you know yeah. you can't just automatically cut those off um when they jump to a new level because that jumping isn't so um, black and white it's very fluid for a few years yeah yeah that's a good point um so in the email you sent me, you talked about family read-alouds and family book clubs, which is very in- intriguing to me. What what do you mean by both of those things? Okay, great. So um, we started doing family read-alouds, I want to say, about three and a half years ago. Um, we hadn't had a second child, and it was just one of those, again, organic things that came out of listening to podcasts mm-hmm. the re- the read aloud revival is a really great podcast if you're thinking about starting a family book club or you want to get ideas for great read alouds um we started with um clementine the clementine series and okay. knowing that it would be beyond uh, my daughter's abilities but that's the great thing about books is children generally understand two to three grade levels above what they are currently at. So, okay. you know, if you've got a kindergartner, they can understand if you're reading aloud a third or fourth grade level, no problem. Oh, uh, okay, comprehension yeah. is higher with that auditory 
input. So we did. We just started reading a chapter a night, and we went through the series. I want to say there's six or seven books in that Clementine series, and just loved it. And it was like there's a lot of happy memories associated with that. And then we moved on to something else. And um, our most recent one we finished is Heartwood Hotel. And I'm glad we stuck with it because Mm -hmm. there was a character I wasn't crazy about, but she ended up having some redeeming qualities at the end. And then now we know, hey, there's two more in the series and we can read it on Sunday afternoon or at dinner time or um, as an extra special bonus if we've got all our Saturday toys done, something like that. So how do you, now that you do have two kids, how do you find books that both your girls, since they're three years apart, can enjoy out loud? Oh, that is such a great question. Um, I think because um, a family tends to revolve, (laughs) at Mm -hmm. least our family, tends to revolve around the oldest ability, Mm -hmm. um, we are going to still pick books that are going to um, tackle that six-year-old or that seven-year-old or that eight-year-old mm-hmm. and the younger kid is still listening but yeah. she's you know playing magnetiles or gotcha. bouncing on um you know her nugget or something else like she is still listening but she's doing something with her body her gotcha um she is very different than my first and that she needs to be moving her body um so and that's why I love reading at dinner mm-hmm. <laughs> or at lunch or at any meal because they're engaged and they're eating and they're doing something. And mm-hmm. then I can just sit there and, you know, either eat my food before or after or yeah. eat mine. And then anyways, it all works out. My husband and I take turns. I think you and I are both really lucky that we um, married readers, which is helpful. Oh, yeah. I thought I was a reader until I met my husband. He... Well, now that he's, like, doing residency, it's a little less. But just, like, he can read so many books. And I'm just like, holy cow, how do you do this? Like, <laughs> Yeah, crazy. but you have that input and that um, example that you're giving to your kids because they're seeing you It's true. Uh, read. It's true. So that's, that's the family read aloud. And family read alouds are great for long car rides. You know, you can do an audio book. Um, we've had so many great audio books. Or you can do it just at home. And then the family book club. So our particular book club is just um, really simple. On Sunday night, it usually takes less than about, I don't know, 40 minutes. And we have a picture book. We read it to everybody else. And then we do a simple craft that goes oh, with the picture okay. book. that's cool. It's not premeditated. It's just like um, thought on on the spot and we do it. So. So how do you find your inspiration for the crafts, or do you come up with it yourself? So I want to say the first one we did was Dragon's Love Tacos, right? Mm-hmm. That's a really well-known book. And we went over to the table, and Amelia was in charge that night, so she just said, everybody everybody, make a taco. Use whatever supplies you want and make a taco. And so we did. And then um, a few, the next week later, we did a book on mindfulness, and it was talking about paying attention to scents and um so we ended up like pairing it with cookies because they were making cookies in the book oh okay (laughs) yeah just really simple things um you could even have a like guess these different scents that you put in you know brown paper bag with um things from your kitchen or pantry um it's the whole goal is not to make it stressful like if crafts aren't your thing then something else like Mm -hmm. sports or going on a walk or you can even read the book while you're on a hike or something. Or um, if hiking is your thing as a family, find all the hiking and outdoor books. It's it's just to kind of naturally bring in more reading to material to what you already love doing as a family. And so do you have it so like where one of you is in charge every week to pick the book? Is that how it works? Yeah. So the person who's in charge of picking the book um, – also kind of leads the whole thing they'll read it and then they'll say okay and this is what we're doing for our craft and then we'll go from there okay so what's the most recent one you guys have done um i'm trying to think so we did one on 
uh, probably St. Patrick's Day and to build a leprechaun trap. Oh, like fun. That, yeah, that's not one we have in our collection. It's just one from the library because, um, you know, I'll get subpar books from the library, and that's fine. <laughs> they don't have to yeah. live in my collection. Yeah, yeah. But they can come out for the holidays, and um, just really easy. We've also been doing, which I've loved so much this year, uh, Sing a Song of Seasons, which is a book of poetry for the entire year. So oh, every morning okay. at breakfast, we just read um, a poem. And they're usually short, so we can read them twice. And then, um, you know, that'll start our day. And sometimes I'll have my kids listen for how many times does it say snow or um, did you hear which animals were mentioned or X, Y, Z. Okay, cool. So you guys are like reading from morning until night. (laughs) Not always, (laughs) right? I mean, people get sick and you go on holiday and, you know, um, it's not perfect, but any at least for me and and my family, we try to infuse it where we can. Sometimes I'll even read to them in the bath. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I'm going to read you this. And um, it's the way I connect with my kids. And, um, you know, I just want them to have that love of literature. And um, there are so many other benefits to reading. If you haven't read... um, Jim Trelease's Read Aloud Handbook. That is like the epitome of millions of reasons why we read aloud to our kids. And I think it has what? It's in its like eighth edition of publishing and oh, it's been around it? wow. for 40 years or something. I just wrote um, that down. Yeah. I'm going to look into that. Yeah. The nice thing about that book, too, is not only does it have all this data about reading as a family and reading to our children is that there at the back of the book there's this whole um treasury of read aloud titles mm. that are good for specific ages oh and really? a short synopsis okay. of, of those titles yeah i'm gonna get that that sounds like just <laughs> well right now so you're gonna laugh because my my husband is just you know ben so he had it in his head that he's gonna read the hobbit to our six-year-old and I'm like, it sounds like Ken. Yeah, like so exactly. I'm like, okay, but the problem is, is he'll read a chapter to Flint like once every month or two, <laughs> and then he uh-huh. can't figure out why Flint isn't interested in reading The Hobbit. And I'm just like, well, it might be because he has no idea what's going on from one month <laughs> to the other. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. So that's really funny. We have an um an illustrated one of that it's still the whole text yeah 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 it's interspersed with these illustrations Mm -hmm. and i think that's so ambitious first of all that's what i Uh, think too six is is really pushing it right yeah (laughs) so like maybe maybe nine to ten is better age range but so give a synopsis right Uh give a synopsis beforehand it's just like sitcoms do previously on this yes. is what happened we yes. haven't read this in a month this is what's going on yep. and you know the enthusiasm and infectiousness of your husband loving it will translate yeah it might not translate when he's six but it will probably happen over the course of of years yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm glad you said that because I was like, I feel like six is a little young. He's like, no, no. I'm like, I think it is, but okay. <laughs> oh um, my god! You know, and it's okay to stop books, and it's okay to pause books. It's yes. okay to say, hey, we'll revisit this when you're eight. But yeah. Like yeah. maybe not right now. We'll come back. I love it. I know you're gonna love it. And you know what? It's okay if you don't. Like we have stopped books because we've stopped books that are wildly popular with other bookstagrammers mm-hmm. or people I respect when, you know, there's characters and things in there that I don't go for. Yeah. And we yeah. say, yep, it's okay to just like, this isn't working for us. Yeah. Yeah. So I've actually never done audio books with my kids before. Because I feel like I and I know I'm just naive in this. Like I always feel like they're not gonna like listen to it and know what's going on. But obviously you feel differently. So like, what are some good <laughs> audio books to kind of for people like me who have never gotten into it ever? 
Um, okay, so that's a great question. I have a whole post over at Thrifty Littles. I did, I want to say last summer in anticipation of, um, maybe it wasn't last summer. Maybe it was the summer before. Okay. <laughs> Back when life was normal yes, about yes. anticipation of road trips. Yeah, yeah. And, and people being on the road. And you're out and about on hikes so much. Um, but that's a really great starting place for there. I broke it down into a couple different categories of shorter audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Like one that comes to mind right away is called Princess Cora and the Crocodile. It's mm-hmm. 40 minutes and it's great because you can listen. And then if it's a really long road trip, a few hours later, you can listen again. And it's just really fun about, um, well, I won't give you the whole synopsis, but yeah. it's, it's wonderfully narrated. And we had read the book previously, which was helpful. Okay. That's not a guarantee. You know, you don't have to do that, but it yeah. is always helpful if you're going into an audiobook and it clicks in their mind. Hey, we read this a few months ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Similarly, Frog and Toad is wonderful. The whole is collection, it? the Arnold Lobel. Oh yeah, I love those books. It's great. King. It's great. Um, if you're hesitant about audiobooks with kids, like start with some podcasts. We love Circle Round, and it's just a family favorite. I think we've listened to every episode at least twice. Okay. And that's a great one out of. Uh, WBUR Boston Stories podcast, another good one. Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls. That's um, those are short, probably about twenty minutes. Okay. All of those podcasts are about twenty minutes. Gotcha. And it gives them practice, right? It gives them practice, practice yeah. to listening. And then you have a couple questions at the end, like, um, so what did so and so do that was pretty brave in this episode, or or which character? Did you think overcame something hard or, you know, whatever sort of question to engage them in their listening. And they might not get it right first or mm-hmm. second or third try, but you keep engaging them okay. and then they'll be begging for it. Like, Hey, I want to listen to this. <laughs> gotcha. That's no, those are really great tips. I, I'm glad you mentioned podcasts. Cause I'm like, I've never gotten my kids into podcasts either, and I know lots of friends that do, and I'm like, I really should do that, especially when we're in the car, because where I live, I live rurally, we are in the car, dry, like, almost 30 minutes to get anywhere that's worth going to, besides, like, the grocery stores, we have a grocery store, but, and so, like, that's the perfect opportunity to do, like, a little short podcast episode, so I need to think more about that. It is. It is. So, Circle Round definitely is number one. Okay. Totally number one podcast. And then Stories comes in at a really close second. Okay. Um, Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls. And I, I don't know if they have a podcast for the boys, but um, those are actually books that you can get at the library as well. Oh, okay. Um, the other one, which is fun, it's for slightly older kids. It's called Book Club for Kids. And this would be a great one to do if you read the book as a family. So, for example... Um, Last year, we read Crenshaw as a family, and this tackles some harder harder issues, excuse me, like homelessness and poverty. So we read this as a family, Mm -hmm. and then on this podcast, they had kids talking about the book. And these kids are probably like, uh, I don't know, 9 to 12. So this is more of a middle grade book. Mm -hmm. But again, going back to that, like, idea that kids can understand things at a higher level mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. it depends on your parenting style maybe you don't want to expose your child to that at a young age i guess but, that's um, true yeah it was one we loved and then we could listen to the podcast that was you know a book club for kids about that specific book that's a really cool idea having a book club for kids podcast i just wrote that down as well um you you know i could talk about this like all day <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> um well i'll have to have you send over your like recommendations because you would you mention that you have that and i can post that for anyone who's listening and interested or at least for if no one else is interested which they will be but i'm interested so um so let's let's end with probably the most important topic obviously is why to, why is reading so important to you and why does it matter so much um, oh, that's a really great way to end. I feel like 
my mom read to me and I feel really lucky. I'm the oldest kid, but I have very fond memories of reading, particularly through an old nursery rhyme book. Mm-hmm. And I, I still have that book. Um, also, and I know I touched on this a little bit earlier. I think we infuse our children with the things that we love. We, um, yes. and for me, reading has been, has been such an escape through, um, you know, going to school and moving all over the country and, um, finding that comfort and kinship that you can find in a book. You know, you're, you're never alone when you're reading a book and it's just that idea of creating a life and a hobby and interest that you can do on your own. Mm -hmm. So when I'm reading to my kids, I'm just fully present in that moment. I'm holding the book. I'm looking at the same thing they're looking at, which brings me to another thing. If you're, if you're having some reluctant readers, um, search and find books are great for that. So just as an aside, Oh yeah, um, that's good to know, which I have a whole post about that as well. And so when I'm, I'm there and I'm just fully engaged in the picture book or the chapter book, I'm spending that one-on-one time with my kids or um, as my whole family doing something that we love and can then talk about. And the funny thing about books is that you will, um, just like movies, you'll find lines that will become part of your family culture. Mm-hmm. And you'll say something like it made a terrific squelching sound and you'll know that that you know that's from matilda and remember mm-hmm. when we listened to matilda on that road trip and um you know so there are these memories that we are creating for our children not only are we helping them become better at, you know expanding their vocabulary and all of the academic benefits you're having these mental connections and associations and positive energy that they're having with their parents um that i just can't imagine not creating that or not giving that to my kids Mm -hmm. i i love that you said that because i feel like you're talking a lot about creating memories around books and i think as i look back in my childhood i definitely have memories around books too and that's something that you can like physically hold on to like you said you have this book from your childhood still I think that's that's really cool yeah it it is and you remember those you know I can still remember how much Morris has a cold made me laugh as a five and six year old it was just riotous and um there are going to be those with your kids and they're going to come back and hopefully you'll still have some of those books for grandkids or maybe no grandkids but you know they decide to study i don't know children's literature yeah 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 (laughs) but even so even if you end up purging your entire collection in 20 or 30 years uh they'll still have those associations those positive associations around um books and that will translate hopefully for their whole life yeah yeah because i i feel like you know, I went to college and my I, my degree is in history and history to me was a degree in reading because we read so much <laughs> reading and writing. Yes. I also wrote a ton. And so after I, gra- after I graduated, I was so burnt out on reading that I swear I didn't pick up a book for pleasure for like years. Yeah. And so... <laughs> But in the last few years, I've gotten back into it, and it's just, it's, it's just, it's amazing the benefits as an adult too. Like it's just, it stimulates my mind, and like then I feel like I'm more, I'm a more interesting person. Like when people are talking about stuff, I'm like, oh well, I was just reading this book, and it said this, this, and this, and it like, it just uh-huh. gives you things to talk about, if nothing else. Like, and I, that's a silly thing, but it's, it's worthwhile for me at least. So, I think it's not silly at all. I think you are becoming aware of people who've had lives that are wildly different from your own and um there's no end of book lists best ofs you know they come out at the end of every year and Mm -hmm. of course that we just had the whole call the cotton newberry all the awards um that are given every year through the american library association so and because of that i picked up this book about um 
the rescue of the boys' soccer team in Thailand back in 2018. Oh, yeah. Which is something I would have never, you know, come in contact with. And and now I can't stop recommending it to people. (laughs) Well, what is it called? Oh, I think it's called All 13. All 13, okay. um, Yeah, it's riveting. All the engineering and the people it took to rescue these boys uh, from the cave. So. Wow. wow. <laughs> well, I, I yeah. really appreciate you coming on today. I, I'm really pleasantly surprised in a, in the best possible way. I mean, this is a compliment going in. I was kind of like, what are we going to talk about? Like kids books? Like, okay. <laughs> and I'm, I'm genuinely like so inspired right now. Like, I'm just like, okay, like we're going to do these family read alouds and that family book club is such a good idea. And when we go camping, we can do it. And like, maybe I need to get some books about camping and you know, because that's kind of like what we're into right now. So I'm genuinely so inspired right now. And so I, that gives me, I'm, I'm really excited for other people to hear this conversation that we've had. And so I just really appreciate your willingness to come on and talk about your passion because I am inspired. So I appreciate that. Well, thanks, that. Grace. I'm over here grinning ear to ear. And, <laughs> oh, good. Um, <laughs> like I said, I could talk about this all day. I I mentioned a lot of things in the podcast. I'll send over some things your way and, um, you know, maybe we'll touch base again in a year or something. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> hope so. Anyway, I just appreciate you coming on and we'll we'll make that a wrap. Okay, thank you. If you enjoyed this episode like I did today, I would highly encourage you to go on to wherever you listen to this podcast. That can be Spotify, that can be Apple Podcast, and leave me a review. I really appreciate any feedback that I can get from my listeners. Also, if anything that Miranda said today interests you, I'd highly recommend following her on Instagram at bookbloom, and you can find lots of great tips for having kids read more and book recommendations and all that kind of things. Thanks, and you can also follow me on Instagram for more podcast updates, which is at SheBuildsMeUp. 